What's up, Mission? How are you? Great to see you today. And uh, you have no idea how I have looked forward to this uh, Sunday. I get invited to speak a lot of places, but nobody ever invites me back. But Mission invited me back. And uh, uh, just thank you for being here. I love this church. I've been a fan of this church for, since really before it was born. And I'm big fans of Mike and Jody Hickerson. I've known Jody since she was a squirt. And uh, Mike and I used to serve together at a church in Chicago years ago. He's older than you think he is. And uh, I, I just counted a privilege to be at this church that, I mean, I remember when it was nothing more than a, an idea, a vision, and a prayer in Mike and Jody's heart to be a place that would bring hope to everyone and just to see what God is doing, man, it, it just fills my heart. I know many of you, you've never heard me speak before, so I'll just get this out of the way. I know you're wondering right now, Gene, is that your real voice? Do you, re do you really sound like that? You know, I, I'd give your audio team a hundred bucks if they could make me sound like Barry White today, kind of, <laughs> Jesus loves you, baby, something. But instead, when God was handing out voices, I got one that sounds like I've been inhaling helium for four days. <laughs> so that's what you're stuck with uh, today. And so glad all of you out in the lobby and patio and online uh, are with us. Uh, I was born in 1960, so I've lived through the hippie 60s, the disco 70s, uh, the yuppie 80s, the blockbuster video 90s, the first 24 years of a new millennium. And I can tell you, just in my lifetime, I've seen a lot of change. I've seen a lot of change. Like, I remember when we first landed on the moon. I've seen human beings go to the moon in my lifetime. I remember when computers were the size of this room now have been shrunk down to the size of this phone. I remember the world's first heart transplant, if you can believe that. I'm so old, I remember even life before post-it notes. <laughs> post-it notes came into our world in 1981. What did we do without a, a post-it note? So I've seen a lot of change in my life, and it's, it's been so good the last few weeks during this series to be reminded that there are some things in a world that's constantly changing that never, ever change. God still speaks. You know, the, the Bible uh, is, is still the Word of God. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus still saves and man, I just want to congratulate all of you who took the step to, to identify with Jesus last week in baptism. And I'm just celebrating with you. And what a great, great step. When I was a teenager, before Spotify, uh, before iTunes, before iHeartRadio, we got our tunes the old-fashioned way, AM Radio. Anybody remember AM radio? These are all the old people with us today. And I had a favorite DJ and a favorite station. I grew up in the Midwest. And every day, man, I would tune on, turn on the tunes to listen to Larry Lujak, WLS, in Chicago. The Big 89, WLS. <laughs> and uh, I, I would listen to uh, Three Dog Night, Joy to the World, you know, and Larry... Larry would just uh, turn out the hits, How Deep Is Your Love, uh, The Bee Gees, Hotel California, The Eagles. And, and every day I could just turn into Larry Lujak and it would be hit after hit after hit after hit. 
Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a season in your life where it felt like it was a season of hit after hit after hit after hit? And of course, I'm not talking about music, but maybe for you it's loss. Maybe it's a season of, of health or broken relationships. Maybe it's a financial hit, uh, an accident, an injury. Some of the hits are big. Some of the hits are small. But it takes a toll on you when it's hit after hit after hit after hit. This past year has been an unusual year for my wife, Barbara, and me, where it seemed like the hits just kept, kept coming in our lives. Some, some big, some little, some almost comical. Our two-year-old grandson, Johnny, jumps off a chair at an airport at midnight getting ready to catch a red-eye flight and breaks his arm. That's a trip that never happened. Our three-year-old grandson, William, broke his foot in four places on a playground. Our son-in-law, Landon, took a bad wakeboard fall while we were all vacationing together at a lake in Minnesota and had to spend a day in the hospital. And I was on the way to the hospital to visit him, driving my sister's car, when I hit a deer totaled her car. And if you wonder why Santa had one less reindeer this year, <laughs> we've had a lot of little hits like that this season, but we've also had a few big ones. My brother Mike had a massive heart attack last summer, spent two and a half months in the hospital, and his health is still quite precarious. My brother Greg went to bed one night, not too long ago and never woke up. Last April, our dear one-day-old granddaughter, Maisie Joy, went to be with Jesus. And some of the most precious moments of my life will be these moments that we got to hold her tiny little body and we know with certainty the angels had already come for her soul because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But Barbara and I will forever cherish these moments that we got to hold the tiny precious body of our little granddaughter. And even now our tears come freely. They come unexpectedly. They come uncontrollably. And as Larry Lujak would say on the Big 89 WLS, the hits just keep coming. Hit after hit after hit. And today I want to talk to you about the power that is sustaining us and carrying us in this season. It's a power that I can't imagine enduring this season or any season of our lives without. And it's a power that's available to you no matter what season you're in. You see, one thing that never ever changes is the power of God the Holy Spirit. And so the title of my message today as we wrap up this series is The Holy Spirit of God Still Empowers. The Holy Spirit Still Empowers. The Bible tells us this in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Look at it. For, for the spirit that God has given us does not make us timid. Instead, his spirit fills us with what? Say it. Power. Jesus put it this way in Acts 1.8. He says, you will receive what? Power. Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
But I'm convinced many of us are not accessing and plugging into that power because many of us, we're confused about the work of God, the Holy Spirit. It's mysterious. In John 14, Jesus is in the upper room and he's just told his disciples that he's leaving them and he's going to a place that they cannot go and they're disturbed. And he says to them, hey, guys, don't let your hearts be troubled. And they were like, how is that possible? You're leaving us. And he says, John 14, verses 16 through 17, he says, well, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will stay with you forever. He is the Spirit who reveals the truth about God. Next verse. The, the world cannot receive him because it cannot see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and is in you. Now, there's two things I want you to notice about this verse. You're like, Gene, why did you highlight like him, he, etc. throughout this verse? Because the Holy Spirit of God is an, not an it, but a he. The Holy Spirit is not a gut feeling, it's not a force, but it's actually the person of God. And this is important because if you don't think of the Holy Spirit as a person, you will never have a personal relationship with him. And the second thing I want you to notice is that while Jesus was leaving them, notice he says that God the Holy Spirit will remain with you. He will be in you. Jesus said in John 16, he said, that that is actually better that I go away and I send the Holy Spirit to you. And you're like, how could it be better for Jesus to go away? Can you imagine what it would have been like to be with Jesus? I mean, how cool would that be right in his presence? Can you imagine like if you ran out of food, he could multiply the loaves and the fishes to have a bigger meal. If you were sick, he could make you well. If your dog died, he could raise it from the dead. If your cat died, he could help you bury it. it... <laughs> Sorry, it was just too easy. It was just too easy. <laughs> but Jesus is saying, when I'm gone, when I'm gone, the presence of God will no longer be limited to where I am geographically. But God, the Holy Spirit, will be in you all of you, wherever you go, and that's better. And so today, I just simply want to walk through five ways that you can plug into the Holy Spirit's power in your life. Five ways that the Holy Spirit of God empowers you. Here's number one. The Holy Spirit empowers salvation. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey right now, even if you're just kind of, kind of exploring Christianity... You don't know where you're at right now. The Holy Spirit is working in you to convict you, to convict every one of us of our sin, of our need for Jesus in our lives. In John 16, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. And he says this, when he comes, he will, notice the word, convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin, because people do not believe in me. And so the Holy Spirit, listen, even in this moment, right here, right now, is working to convict those of you who haven't decided to follow Jesus yet. You know, it's, it's been my experience, pretty common actually, after a church service, like if I'm hanging out in the lobby, sometimes I'll have 
people come out and they'll say to me something like, hey, do you have cameras in our house? Because it was like you were talking just to me today. Ever had that experience? Or you come to church and, and something kind of lingers in your mind and you can't sleep in the nights ahead and you just lay awake at night sleeping at the, the ceiling, staring at the ceiling. Do you, do you know what's really going on in that moment? That's the power of God, the Holy Spirit, convicting you of your need for salvation. And that's why you just can't let it go. God's, God's working in you. And some of you right now, you can't even explain what's going on in your soul right now. And, and you don't, like, why you're even here today? A year ago, you would never have imagined you would have been in a church on a Sunday morning. But there is something drawing you, and there is something shifting in you. And you can't explain what's going on. But I can. God loves you. And his Holy Spirit is convicting you so that you can experience the power of salvation through Jesus. And not only does the Holy Spirit convict us of our need for salvation, but when we experience that salvation through the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus, we receive the gift and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives 24-7, just as Jesus said we would. God now lives in you. We're not God. He's God, but he's living in us. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. And this is what many of you did uh, last weekend uh, in the name of Jesus so that your sins may be forgiven. And you will receive the gift of the who? Holy Spirit. You're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it fills me with joy to know that over 50 of you experienced this last Sunday. And you have received the power. You've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And not only are your sins forgiven, and not only are you going to heaven, but now God lives in you. And it would be incredible, like, if when you came up out of the waters of baptism, that moment, like, you just went right to heaven at that moment. That would be incredible, right? But for most of us, we come up out of the waters of baptism, and we find ourselves still living on this earth saying... This is amazing, and I know God has done something awesome inside of me. But now i got to go home to that same old family. And that same job. And the same financial struggles. And the same temptations that are staring me right in the face, right? But the Holy Spirit doesn't just empower for salvation. He empowers, secondly, your transformation. The big theological word for this is sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. Let's say it. Yeah. I know some of you, you don't want me to use big theological words, but my theory is if you can learn to order at Starbucks, you can, you can understand these words. <laughs> like if you can order a triple vente, half sweet, non-fat caramel macchiata, you can understand sanctification, okay? If you're empowered by the Holy Spirit... When you're tempted to sin, the Holy Spirit empowers you to overcome that temptation. Let me tell you something you've probably never heard a pastor say before, okay? But I'm going to say it. Sin is fun. It really is. It bothers me when I hear pastors say that sin is not fun. I just think to myself, well, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> right? 
But listen to me. The Bible teaches sin is fun. Listen to this. For a season. And the thing we all need to understand is that sin always carries consequences. And you may be here right now saying, hey, Gene, I'm living in sin right now. I don't feel bad about it. and Nothing bad is really happening to me. And I would just simply say to you, just give it time. Just give it time. Because as many of us have learned the hard way, it always comes with consequences. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Think about it. Before you're a follower of Jesus, you don't even feel bad about sinning. Once you follow Jesus, you're filled with the Spirit. Sin looks fun. Then it makes you miserable and you feel convicted and you feel like, I shouldn't be doing this. Why? Because the Holy Spirit in you is empowering your transformation, your sanctification to change you. So the Holy Spirit of God gives you the power of salvation, the power of transformation. And here's number three. He empowers us to just share Jesus, talk about Jesus confidently. He will give you the wisdom, the power, the words to talk to others about Jesus with confidence. So, some of you get really nervous and you're intimidating, intimidated about the thought of ever having like a conversation about spiritual things with someone you know and you love or you're nervous just you like attempting to invite somebody to church and you're nervous about it and you think man I'd like to have some conversations of some substance here with people that I care about but but they may ask me a question and I won't know the answer and I may be clueless and so so rather than going there we often just hold back and if that's you I want you to know you're in good company today even the great apostle Paul, he was a little insecure about his own communication and preaching. And he wrote this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. He said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of what? The Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, like my wisdom, but on God's power. In other words, he's saying, hey, my abilities weren't that great. I'm not an incredible speaker, but when I opened my mouth, the Holy Spirit of God came and just did what only he can do. And, and that's what I love about the mystery of like what I'm doing right now. So many times when I'm standing in a spot like this, I just feel like my words are so inadequate for that moment. But I trust that the Holy Spirit will say things to you that I'm not even saying, but will apply them to your life. And you know, the same goes to you when like you're trying to have a conversation about spiritual things with a family member or friend, someone you work with, and you think, I don't know what to say, and I'm nervous, and, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just comes on you, and you just have this boldness, and, and you just start this conversation, and, and then they might ask you a question, and you think, I have no idea how to respond to that question. And the next thing you know, you're quoting some Bible verse, and you're going, I didn't even know I knew that Bible verse. Where did that come from? And it's the Holy Spirit just kind of prompting you, guiding you, giving you divine confidence. So the Holy Spirit gives you the power of salvation, the power of transformation, the, the power to talk confidently about Jesus. And, and here's number four. He empowers your spiritual gifts. 
In other words, when the Holy Spirit is in you, he, he also brings some special supernatural abilities and gifts that God wants to use if you'll let him to make a difference. I love this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 4. The Apostle Paul says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That's saying God the Holy Spirit gives us all different gifts, different ways to serve. We're each unique. And God determines what our gifts are, not us. Our, our gifts are all different. We had no more power in determining what our gifts would be than you did in determining where you would be born, where, uh, who your parents would be, what your nose would look like. We, we didn't determine that. God determines this. There was an interesting sign outside of a Colorado dude ranch that said, uh, we have horses for everybody. For big people, we have big horses. For little people, we have little horses. For fast people, we have fast horses. For slow people, we have slow horses. For people who have never ridden horses before, we have horses that have never been ridden before. <laughs> you know, in God's ingenious design for the church, he gave us all different gifts. And I want you to listen to this because there's somebody who needs to hear this today. Maybe you're just kind of on the sidelines right now at mission and not really using your gift in the church of Jesus Christ. And I believe the Holy Spirit of God wants to convict you today that it's time to get into the game or to get back in the game after pulling out. You realize how many people have already used their gifts this morning just so we could have this experience right here? There were volunteers who set up cones in the parking lot before we got here and help direct traffic for your safety. Volunteers who sanitized the nursery this week. There was somebody to welcome and to teach your kids in the, in the kids ministry. There were volunteers serving up coffees and drinks and donut holes in the lobby. There were camera operators right now capturing this service for the patio and the lobby and for the online crew. There were guest service team people to help you find to see volunteers who are going to pick up the messes that you leave behind after this service to be ready for the next service that we're follow. There, there were worship team members who, who got vocal charts and, and memorized lyrics this week and were here early this morning to rehearse and at their microphones and instruments when the service began. There are volunteers in this church building into junior hires and, and high schoolers, and the list just goes on and on. And here's what I wonder, maybe it's time. Everybody say that phrase, maybe it's time. Let's say it. Maybe, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for some of you to pay attention to the work of the Holy Spirit today and just check out the volunteer opportunities like are coming at Easter and just jump in and, and, and take that card Put it in the container in the lobby and just said, I'm in, God, use me. The Holy Spirit gives us the power of salvation, the power of transformation, the power to talk about Jesus confidently, the, the, the power to make a difference with our spiritual gifts. And finally, and this last one is very personal to me, the Holy Spirit empowers you to heal, empowers you to heal, to heal when you're broken. To heal when you're hurting, to heal when you're grieving, 
when circumstances have just hammered you. And this is so personal and so real to me right now because this is kind of just where our family has been living for the past year. After losses and the death of our granddaughter. My wife Barbara and I have not only deeply grieved the loss of our granddaughter, but we've been grieving for our daughter Elena and her husband, our son-in-law Sam, who are grieving so deeply. And after complications developed in her pregnancy, she was hospitalized for several weeks before the birth of her daughter. And to complicate life, their life further, the very next day after she was hospitalized in that three-week period, uh, my son-in-law's employer, Silicon Valley Bank, does that ring a bell to anybody, melted down and suddenly this is all going on and he's searching for a new job at the same time. And then there was the passing of their daughter and we're grieving for them. So what do you do when it feels like hit after hit after hit after hit and everything is collapsing around you? Where do you turn? I'll tell you where Elena and Sam have turned. I'll tell you where Barbara and I have turned. And here it is, 1 Corinthians 1.3. All praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the source. Let me say that. He is the source of every mercy and the God who, what? Comforts us. Notice that word comfort. He's the God who comforts us. Comfort comes from the Greek word paraklesis, which, which means to come alongside, to come alongside and help. God the Holy Spirit is referred to in the Bible as the paraclete, the one who comes alongside. If you're a lawyer, you know what a paralegal is that, that comes alongside to help. And God the Holy Spirit comes alongside to be a healing balm for our hurting heart. Listen today, for anyone who is grieving a loss of any kind, for anyone who's in pain today, for anyone who is lamenting loss, you have a God who can come alongside and walk with you moment by moment, breath by breath and give you extraordinary perspective. Jesus did more than just take our guilt and our sin when he died on a cross. He also took our suffering and our pain. Think about that. Of all the gods that human beings have devised and worshipped, only the God of the Bible is the God who suffers with us and grieves with us and comforts and heals human beings. And rather than just talk about the Holy Spirit bringing comfort to our soul, I want to show you what it looks like when the Holy Spirit brings comfort to a soul. I want to show you an honest, real authentic picture of the Holy Spirit empowering a person in a time of grief. Our daughter, Elena, who lost her baby, is also an autism mama. And she has thousands of autism mamas and families that follow her on her Instagram account. And just a few weeks after Maisie, our granddaughter, passed away, she had just taken her four-year-old autistic son, George, to occupational therapy and from her car, she shared some reflections that I think will be helpful and powerful and healing to some of you today as she trusts the Holy Spirit for God to give her comfort and perspective 
in her own life in this season. Here's my daughter, Elena. It has been so good for me to be driving again because I do so much thinking and processing while I'm driving and I love listening to music while I drive. And on the way to drop Georgie off at OT, I was just thinking about this sense of pain and peace that I feel at the same time. And when you go through something tragic, a lot of times people offer words of encouragement and something that I've heard a lot in regards to losing Maisie, but also in regards to being a special needs mom is God only gives these sorts of challenges to people who are strong enough to handle them. And I know they mean well, but what a hurtful statement to some people that don't feel like they have the strength to handle this and feel like God is doing this to them and how much anger and resentment they must feel towards God. Like, why would you allow this to happen to me? And I don't believe that that's true. I believe what is true is that we live in a broken world and sad and tragic things can happen to anyone, regardless of how good they are or how strong they are. It just is the way it is. I mean, I think we all can own up to challenges and struggles we have in our lives that are not what we had hoped for our lives, but happened to us. And um, in the midst of losing a child, like I just lost, I feel this immense sense of peace and strength from God. And I don't feel anger or bitterness towards him because I, I know we have a greater hope and he is the one who's gonna get me through this. Despite all the hard things and struggles, all I see in the end is, is the goodness and peace and such a greater hope to look forward to. And I just want to shout that from the rooftops. I just lost my daughter, my beautiful daughter. And I miss her so much. But I feel so much strength and hope for a God that loves me and loves Maisie. And I guess I just wanted to bring all this up because I know that all people, regardless of who you are right now, you have hard things and challenges in your life that you're dealing with. And it's okay if you want to be bitter and angry at God and, and ask God, why did this happen? Like, he can handle those questions. He can handle your rage. But I just want you to know that if you really do, like, pursue a relationship with him, he will meet you where you're at. And he will provide purpose where you're filled with pain. So, I love you guys and I want that for you. Hey, as, as a friend today, can I just say what Elena just said? I love you guys, and I want that for you. I want that peace. I want that comfort. I want that healing to come in your life and the transformation. And in a moment, I'm gonna close this message by leading you in a time of prayer. And I wanna invite you today to invite the Holy Spirit to ask for healing in your life. Emotional wounds, 
relational wounds, physical wounds. Maybe there's some financial wounds. Maybe there's some family wounds that you're dealing with right now. And I want to invite you to go out of your comfort zone and uh, invite the Holy Spirit into some deeper places, into your heart and into your life. Today, I know that some of you need the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. I know you need it for healing. It might be a broken relationship. It might be a broken marriage. It might be a broken relationship with a son, a daughter, a mom, a dad. It might be a broken financial situation, broken emotional situation, a hurt you've never healed from, a wound that you've carried for a long time. Maybe it's something that, that's just happened recently or a loss you're grieving. It might be physical healing that's needed for an illness, for a disease, for a diagnosis, a cancer. And maybe right now you know that you need more of the Spirit of God in your life. Because some of you have a decision that you're facing and you don't know what to do, but the Holy Spirit wants to be your counselor and wants to guide you through that decision. Some of you have people that you love that don't know Jesus and you need the Holy Spirit to give you the confidence with the power to share and initiate some conversations of spiritual substance. Some of you are trapped in some sort of sin and even though I didn't mention that sin today, the Holy Spirit mentioned it to you and you're convicted and the Holy Spirit wants to give you the power to get out. Others of you, the Holy Spirit wants to use your gifts to make a difference in the life of his church. And the Holy Spirit wants to empower your gifts today. If you'll just say, here I am, God, would you use me? Some of you have resisted the Holy Spirit for so long that you don't even sense the Spirit speaking to you anymore. And your prayer might be, Holy Spirit, forgive me, fill me, and I will follow your voice again. So could I just ask you to stand right now if you're out in the lobby, the patio, if you just want to stand with us. Could I ask you to close your eyes? You know, the international sign for surrender is just to lift your hands. And if you're comfortable, only if you're comfortable, okay? If you just want to lift your hands as a sign of surrendering to the Holy Spirit of God today, or maybe you just want to hold your hands out as a sign that you're open and you're ready to receive Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would completely fill all who are believers in Jesus Christ today. And God, for those who maybe have not heard the voice of the Spirit for a long time, God, I pray that through this time today, your Holy Spirit would speak to us again. Forgive us, God, when we resist his work in us. Give us power to obey you, to, to win the battles in the, the spiritual realm. And, and Jesus, I thank you that it is better that you are in heaven and not here with us because now we can all have the Holy Spirit with us, the presence of God in us, each of us, wherever we go. Some of you today, for some reason, and you can't really explain it, you're just being drawn to God. And the Holy Spirit is reaching out to you and you have a choice today to make. You, you can say, yes, Jesus, save me. Yes, Jesus, make me new. Fill me with your spirit. And for the rest of my life, Jesus, I want to be yours. I want to follow you. And if that's you, why don't you just silently pray wherever you are. Just say, Heavenly Father, I'm a, 
I'm a sinner who needs the Savior Jesus. Forgive me. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit today so I can live for you. Thank you for new life. Now take all of my life. And I hope you'll make the decision to repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and, and a sign of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit just like so many did last Sunday. Just, just let someone know on the team, out at the connection point that you want to do that. Holy Spirit, we invite you now into our hearts, into our lives, into the depths of our souls. Empower us to do what we cannot do in our own strength. And we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.